Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to a special interview edition of the Boone Reflections brought to you by Bespoken Live. My name is Brad Wise, the executive director of the organization. And uh, if you've never done the Boone Reflections, you can go to boonreflections.com. And it's an eight-part series that helps you basically get unstuck, help make your ideas happen. And it just leads you through the creative journey, which is also the hero's journey, and helps you just make that thing in you that you've been trying to get out. It helps you stay on the path and keep going, even when you feel like it's the stupidest idea ever and you were dumb to ever start. And what I wanted to do with this uh, this podcast is talk to people who who used the Boone Reflections uh, to help them on their journey. And so I talked to two, two friends. Uh, one is Sean Braley, who runs Cincy Stories, and he's up first, and then someone that he introduced me to and actually recommended Boone to, uh, Tiffany. She'll be at the end. So we'll start off with Sean. His story will pick up in 2013, but at that point, for four years, Sean had just wanted to start a church in uh, Over the Rhine. He wasn't from that area. He wasn't working in that area. He was working for a different church. But there was just something about that area of town that was just calling him and wouldn't go away year after year. Uh, he felt like that's what he was supposed to do. And so we'll pick up his story in 2013, and I'll let him catch us all up. In 2013, uh, I was married to my first wife, and then went through this assessment process with that church to plant and everything. And it was like this week long thing. And two months after that happened, uh, my wife left me Wow! and she had a lot of reasons. Um, and part of the reason, uh, as I've reflected and reflected was just that I was making this thing, my, my mistress in a way, it was huh. this dream that I held on to that I, um, found more important than her. And, uh, She's never said those words to me, but that's kind of the way that I have sort of started to reflect on it. Um, so I kind of gave up on it. After that happened, I was like, I screwed up. This is something that's too big for me to go into. I'm yeah. just going to like settle into not trying anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because I tried something and I failed. And then like a year later, um, one of the pastors at that church, I was still working there. I was just working like kind of in the background, not doing a whole lot. And, uh, one of the pastors at that church came to me and said, Hey, there's this guy planting a church in over the Rhine and he's looking for more folks to be a part of that church. And I thought of you, uh, would you at least like to just meet with him, entertain this conversation? And I was like, sure. And I found out he was doing something called beer and hymns. And that was right up my alley. Uh, I grew up with hymns. Yeah. I love beer. Yeah. Perfect marriage of everything. <laughs> that I love. And uh so we we met up and it was crazy. Like I just felt like this is what I hoped for. Yeah. This is the kind of person, the way that we're talking about this, the things that we're dreaming about. They match up super well, especially for two people that have never met. Hmm. So that was twenty fourteen. Um and so over the next two years he and I worked on building a team and all that stuff. And in twenty sixteen uh, we launched our first Sunday morning gathering in October of 2016. So, and somewhere in there was the Cincy Stories thing. Is that connected to this story or is that separate? So, different? yeah. So Cincy Stories, about like five months into us having these conversations and trying to build this team, um, 
I was realizing that I was hitting a wall with a lot of people that I connected to that I felt like, oh man, you would really love this faith thing that we're trying to do. And just the word faith, the religion, Christianity, Jesus, like these things were just like barriers for people. And I was like, I still want to build community. Um, And I want to do that in a way that's interesting and innovative, but also truly connects people from all different backgrounds. And I thought that the church was going to be that way. Um, but I'm realizing how many people have baggage with the church. Not that I didn't know that already. I have a ton of baggage with the church, yeah. but I was like, I'm going to do it different. They're just going to know, <laughs> right. They're just going to get that I'm doing it different. Yeah, Cause Sean's doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so instead of trying to trick people <laughs> into coming to church, I decided, why don't we still do the church thing? Cause I still, uh, want to do that. And I'm passionate about that stuff, but I want to do something that's outside of that mm-hmm. separate from that. Um, that would be a way to build community with people that don't want to do that. And so we started Sensi Stories, which started as just a, a live event, much like what Bespoken does. Yeah. We just get people in a room sharing stories. We would intentionally try to curate like diverse speakers, so that way the room would be filled with diverse people, and we'd all be listening to each other. Yeah. And uh, and it it worked. People came. Like people, as you know, people yeah. are hungry for story and yeah. hungry for connection and. Um, so yeah, that was, that was something we started doing in that process. And over the last, uh, that was in 2015 when we started Cincy stories. Uh, so I kept doing that while doing sanctuary, which was what we called the church plant. So like any of us who have uh, pursued something or tried to make, um, a dream come true, Sean experienced that it doesn't always go exactly as planned. over that year we kind of had these like two factions of people and they they weren't really like connecting as well and so we were trying to figure out what the problem is and we realized as a church we're telling too many stories and so we could go in one of two directions we could just totally cut off our connection to north star and be like a self-sustaining church which in some ways would have been really scary because we still needed some of the people and some of the capital um the other option was to just go all in with our relationship with North Star and become a campus of North Star. Um, and so we couldn't come to an agreement on that. So I had two months and that's when I started listening. Like you released the Boone Reflections podcast and I was just like, oh man, this looks like there might be a transition coming up in my life because we're not agreeing on this. Mm. I'm going to listen to this podcast and just try to reflect on what is it that I actually want to do? Yeah. What is the story that I want to live? Um, And is that story with sanctuary and do I want to compromise here as part of that story or do I need to like take a step away from this, a scary, frightening step away from this and try something different. Yeah. And, uh, over that two months of conversation, I don't think I've ever cried in front of just a room of just grown men my whole life. Like I I've cried during movies or whatever, like shed a tear, but I was just like, weeping crying and I realized I was grieving this dream that I'd had since 2009 2010 that I thought sanctuary was was reaching you know I thought that that was like the dream yeah and I had almost like idolized this dream that I had let go of during my divorce and picked back up um after I met Greg and everything and so I uh yeah I was just grieving this process no matter which way it went I was still grieving it so in early September, so this is like in the middle, like I think the def- you started releasing these in August or whatever. And so I'm like listening to these as 
as I go along. Um, and in early September, I'm like halfway through, I think I was even in the, what, in the cave or whatever, yeah. <laughs> listening to that one uh, or no risk might've been at one of those two. Cause I know those two like scared the shit out of me. So <laughs> <laughs> even just listening to them, I was like, Oh yeah. Um, I had a meeting with them and uh, I just told them like, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Like I have to step away. Wow. And that was scary. But actually at the same time, I've never been more excited to just quit something. Wow. So it was a little bit of both. And I think that having this time to reflect and this specific way to reflect on this stuff helped me with that. Yeah. Do you feel like you've discovered yet of what it is that story that you're supposed to live or that new thing or has that come yet? Are you still in the midst of processing it all? Yeah, I think I'm still in the midst of processing it all, but I realize, um, that there's just something in me that won't let go of this desire to connect people from different, different understandings, different backgrounds. Um, however that looks so that I'm, I'm still doing sensi stories and that's, one reason I'm glad that it wasn't tied together um, is I still have the chance to now do sensi stories. And I just like went more deeply into doing that for right now. And I, I still think I want to do maybe something faith wise in the future, maybe near, maybe far future. I haven't figured that out, but yeah. whatever I do, I know that there's the overarching hope that it is just something that connects people in community that wouldn't normally be connected in community. Yeah. Where did, where does that, desire come from uh there's a a story that i have in the last year been reflecting on a lot when it comes to that so if you know the enneagram mm -hmm. i'm a nine on the enneagram peacemaker i hate conflict uh -huh. I, and uh i just remember like that all down through my childhood i hated conflict i just was never the one that wanted to get in fights with kids or whatever i wanted to resolve the fights i wanted to fix things but i remember when i was 14 um, when the race riots happened in over the rhine it's 2001 and i lived in this trailer park in goshen and all the kids in this trailer park loved black culture they were they listened to bet they still were fighting over tupac and biggie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Goshen, they probably had just started hearing about Tupac and Biggie, <laughs> and they were fighting over like oh, who was better and who killed who, like all that stuff. Yeah, and, um, I was just this skateboarding punk rock kid that didn't care about that cult. I was just like I connected to a culture that spoke to me. Yeah, and yeah, every summer I would go spend like a month with my grandma, and she lived in Finneytown, which is not like super deep city or urban or whatever, but it's still. Uh, much more diverse than Goshen is. And I was the only white kid on the street there. And I would hang out with all the black kids on the street, best friends with uh, this kid named Quentin there. And we would play, uh, we'd play hide and seek, but they called it uh, manhunt. Um, wow. And they always made me it and I could never find them or catch them. Um, but I became friends with these guys. And so when the race riots happened and I went back to uh, my trailer park, the other kids in my trailer park that love black culture, but probably don't know a black person um, or maybe don't, that's a total judgment, <laughs> but they just started like talking and calling everybody in over the Rhine savages and wow. the N word and all this stuff. And I remember being in that circle of people and I could have spoken up. I could have said something that 
but I didn't know what to say because I was just shocked. These are my two two worlds that I'm living in, and are they ever going to get along? Are they ever going to be able to connect? And I just like walked away mad. Mm. I didn't tell those guys ever that I was upset with them for that. I didn't, wasn't like friend friends with these guys either. I was just they happened to live near me, yeah. and I'd skateboard with them. Um, but still, I was heartbroken to know that my neighbors and my friends thought that way about people just because of their skin color or because of where they lived. Yeah, and that was also part of the reason why I wanted to, why I felt so drawn to OTR. Was that moment? I was just like, well, what is that there? That's like a different world to me. Goshen and Over the Rhine, that felt like it was the other side of the world. Yeah, it felt like it was another continent or something, even though it was. And for people that don't know either of those communities, yeah, describe them just real briefly. Yeah, so Goshen is a, a, a thirty miles east of Cincinnati. It's a very Appalachian community. A lot of farms. Um, there's like a McDonald's and a Skyline downtown. A Skyline's a chili parlor downtown. Uh-huh. And the, that's it. So it's very small, like Midwestern town. Um, and then over the Rhine is right in the urban core of Cincinnati. In 2001 through like 2008 or 2009, it was considered one of the more dangerous neighborhoods in America and has recently been uh, going a lot of development, uh, undergoing a lot of development. But it's, uh, yeah, so in 2001, it was like the place that everybody talked about, like you don't go there. Yeah. We'd, I went down to the city to go to Sawyer's Point, which is like right on the river, and go to baseball games and football games, but we never went to Over the Rhine. And right. I'd never remembered being in Over the Rhine until I was in college. I don't think I, I probably drove through it or something, but I yeah. just don't, I didn't know that I was in the neighborhood <laughs> until I was in college. And uh, that's how it felt so different, even though I was probably 20 or 30 miles from it. Sure. That's interesting. So even from the time you were young, you seem to straddle worlds that you're wanting to like come together and, and be together. Yeah. That seems to be, as I watch you do your thing now, you just have the sense of why can't we all come together? Yeah. Yeah. And figure this out. Right. I mean, that also came from uh, just one, this isn't really a story, but just part of who I am too, is I grew up in a very like 1950s conservative kind of Christian home where not even the home, but even the churches, they're called independent Baptist. They even think Southern Baptists are like too liberal. Oh my goodness. And so, wow. so, uh, King James only like very, very, very conservative. And yet when I was 12, 13, I, I've had Napster at home and Uh I fell in love with punk rock. I found like this music that said like, I don't have to listen to you basically. And so I started straddling those two worlds too. Wow. And that was totally different um, worlds that I, I also really liked parts of the church thing, which is why I never gave it up. Mm. There are many times I wanted to, but the Jesus story like always compelled me no matter what all the, how they dressed it up and how much I didn't like that. um, That always compelled me, but yet like punk rock and this uh, subculture of, uh, anti-establishment that always compelled me. And so, yeah, yeah, there's always been in me this desire to go two drastically different directions. And I was chastised for that as a kid. I remember my uncle sitting me down and having a talk with me about how I wanted to be two things that were incongruent with one another Mm. and telling me like, you're trying to be like the world. That was, that's the way he would put it. Trying to be like, you want to follow Jesus, but you also want to follow the world and you can't do both. Right. So you got to choose one way or the other. And I hope you choose Jesus. And I'm like, (laughs) Yeah. So uh, 
I was just like, I can't, this is, this is me. This is who I am. And I'm not following whatever he thinks I'm following. Like he has a very black and white view of, of living life. And I just don't have that view either. Where's it all go from here? Like, Hey, that's, I'm definitely in the, in the middle of that still. Yeah. So, uh, when I first stepped away from sanctuary, I had this intention of, man, I'm not going to take too long and I'm going to continue doing some kind of church thing too. Yeah. And I started communicating that to some of the people that were, were part of that group of folks that were like connecting the vision that I had. Um, and now I've had to go back and be like, maybe, maybe not yet. Uh, and mostly because I'm still pretty scared and I'm, I'm kind of like, more hurt by that experience than I thought I was. Mm. And also, like I said before, I'm still doing Sensi stories and I'm realizing like, I don't need to do like, I'm, con- I'm continuing to try to straddle two worlds. And sometimes like I do need to like my uncle in a way <laughs> might've been right. I need to just like go all in on something rather than trying to do two things all the time mm. in like two different worlds where it's like, I still get to be a part of the church thing and have my family be proud of me mm. and have people respect me in that way. And then I can be a part of this like non church thing um, and have people respect me in that way. And maybe my parents don't like that, but they like this and I'm trying to please everybody in my life. That's the, uh, that's the negative side of the peacemaker, you yeah, know, like right. trying to just make sure everybody is like at peace with me. Yeah. Um, that's and, interesting. Yeah. And I'm, that's what I'm like wrestling with now. Like, okay, is, is whatever's in me supposed to do both or am I supposed to do one or the other? Or am I supposed to do like Cincy stories for now and then just wait until the time comes for the, the church thing to come. Um, and for the first time I'm okay right now if I come out and I decide, okay, I'm just going to do Cincy stories and not this church thing. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Come on in. Hey, Tiffany, come on in. Hi. Come sit down. Hey. So Tiffany came into the office when we were recording, and uh, we'll jump into her story here in one minute. But the thing that I think resonates with me about Sean's story is this idea of just having to uh, wait. And so often that's a big, huge part of pursuing anything is wading through the chaos and the unknown and just trusting that... um, Things will get figured out in some way. And, but what I, what I love about Sean is that he's not just um, disengaging and not doing anything. Like he's pursuing Cincy stories and he's pouring himself into that and doing amazing things. And so I'm excited to see what uh, my buddy Sean figures out and super humbled to have been a small part of, of his journey. So let's jump into Tiffany's story. Tiffany, um, as she'll tell you, was going through a little something with her job and Sean was the one that reached out to her and said, Hey, you should check out the boom reflections. So let's just jump in with uh, Tiffany. So I'm sitting here with Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Hey, you just quit your job. I did just quit my job. And what was the word you used to describe it? That you're now I'm uh, fun employed, fun employed. I love it. Uh, and the boon reflections may have played some role in that. I hear it did play a role in it. Okay. So launch in to where it makes sense? Uh, So let's start back to a year ago. Um, I took my 
what I thought would be my perfect job. Um, it was a role that I was really excited about in the arts, which I'm so passionate about working for a woman that I aspire to be in my career and two team members that were just incredible people that I wanted to work alongside. So I started my job and everything was great. And a month in my boss left, Wow, which was tough, but I had my team, I had my job and I had an opportunity to really step up. And when new management came in, it totally shifted the dynamic. Um, within a few months, one of my team members left. And that same day, her job description was handed to me and said, this is now your job. Yeah. On top of the work that you were doing yeah. and removing some of the stuff that you were really excited about. Uh, um, but this is really where the need is. And we're not going to add a, another person to our team, which was a really hard pill to swallow. Um, a month later, my other team member left. Uh, so now I no longer have the job that I was hired to do. I no longer have the team I wanted to work alongside. I no longer have this leader that I wanted to learn from. Um, and it just wasn't the right opportunity anymore. Everything changed. Yeah. I got to think that lack of control had to feel powerless and weird. Like, what was that like? Uh, yeah, it was power, powerless and weird. Um, and like I said, I had an awesome team and we would make a joke of how often we use the word empowerment. Uh -huh. Like I want to empower you to be able to do your job and to do it well. And the minute that the dynamic changed, we stopped using that word because none of us felt empowered anymore, um, which was a really, it was a huge shift. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're in this foreign weird land that you weren't expecting. It's not feeling like your dream job. At what point then do you start considering looking and where does, where does the boon reflections come into play with all of that? So the day that it was handed to me um, was a challenge, but at the same time I said, okay, well, this is an opportunity. Um, and it, it lit a spark in me of something that I didn't know that I wanted to do. So he said, well, her job title technically was community engagement. And if I ever want to get into community planning, organizing, and community engagement, this might be a really great opportunity for me. So I said yes. Um, but in that same and that same thought, like I thought, well, what does it take to get into community planning? Um, and it made me realize like that day that I wanted to go to grad school. And UC has a really great urban planning program. And so I started researching that and that's where I want to go next. But I said, I can stick this out for the next year and a half. I'm going to just stay in this role until grad school because that's a really great plan, right? Mm -hmm. I love plans. So I thought that I would stick it out and just every day got tougher and tougher. Um, it wasn't a role that aligned to my strengths. I felt like I was struggling and I wasn't doing my best job. I'm also my toughest critic. So to deal with that every day was a really big challenge. Yeah. And once I lost my other team member, I started to question whether or not I could do it. Mm can I really do this for another 13 months, for another 12 months, for another 11 months? And I kept asking myself that question. And at one point, I just felt like I hit my breaking point. And that's where I said, I don't need to stay in a place where I'm not thriving. I can take a risk. I can deal with my fear 
put it aside. Um, and that's where the greatest things happen or outside of your comfort zone. But I think the Boone Reflections podcast really helped me look back at my life and the times that I have taken risks, how I felt in those moments and knowing what happened after made it less scary to take that risk now. Mm. Yeah. We don't, we don't spend much time thinking back to that. We've been through a lot. You know what I mean? Like every new risk feels like a brand new thing that we're doing for the first time. Because we just keep putting one foot in front of the other and never looking back and saying, wow, I've done this before. And not only have I done it, but everyone else has been in this moment multiple times. And like, yet we're still so scared when we get thrown in these situations. Quit and what that felt like. Um, So I was shaking, walking into the office. I had my resignation letter ready. I felt good about it. But the thought of actually like making this decision of once you say it, you can't take it back. Like this is the moment. Like this is it. Uh, But once I handed my letter over and said like this will be my last day and the power dynamic shifted and I no longer felt um, powerless I like empowered myself. I made this decision. I stepped away and I was able to speak my truth and to speak it so clearly. And I don't think I've ever had an easier conversation. Wow. So part of one of the episodes of Boone is help and asking that mentors come along the way and they provide help as you enter into this new world. Who, who out there is helping you? Oh, wow. I have so many people. (laughs) I'm really fortunate and really grateful for the amazing relationships that I have in this city. Um, I think Cincinnati is unique in that and it's part of what really made me fall in love with the city is it's a small town with a lot of people. Mm. Everyone is connected and everyone wants everyone else to succeed in a way that I didn't know was possible in the world. So I've had a lot of really great mentors and friends and an amazing support system. Um, Sean Braley is the one who gave me this podcast to listen to. We were going through some similar situations in life and he said, there's this great podcast, Boone Reflections, just listen to it. And he kind of explained that it was about the hero's journey and how we're all going through this together. And it really helped me reflect back on, again, the the tough choices that I've made in life before, the risks that I've taken in the past, and really helped me figure out what is it that I want to do and how do I find that bravery to do it? Because it's inside of me. I know it. Yeah, It's just sometimes... Um, like getting out of your own way. Yeah. Wow. That just gave me chills. <laughs> like I'm, I can see like your confidence just like pouring out of you. And I'm like, I'm like I, it's what I want to do. And when you find that it's, it's so easy to talk about. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to just like keep grinding away day after day to get closer. So Tiffany's going to go to grad school. She's going to figure it all out, how to combine all of her passions with art and urban planning and just her care for the city and uh how did how does she put that together to just make it a big impact is something that i'm following along her story to just see what she ends up creating and how i personally and maybe bespoken can come alongside her and i just think she's on to something pretty exciting and 
I think it's pretty awesome that the moon reflections helped her find the courage that she she knew was inside of her. And I think that's true for all of us is that um, if we take the time to, to reflect back on our lives, we can realize that we've been through some stuff and we have we have what it takes to to pursue our dreams, to, to make an idea happen. And um, that's why the Boone Reflections exist. And so if you have never done them and this is your first that you're hearing about them or if you started them and uh, you took a little break what better time than the the new year to uh, get back into it to set yourself to making things happen and if the boon reflections can play a part in you doing that that would be amazing and i would love to hear your story and maybe you could come in and we can chat about it over microphones you can email me at brad at bespokenlive.org and uh, that's it for this episode Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back, perhaps, with some of your stories. All right.